0: Howdy, everybody. Today is May the 19th, 2023. This is Pastor's Point of View, number 255. My name is Dr. Andy Woods. I'm the pastor, teacher here at Sugarland Bible Church. I'm back with my friend, colleague, fellow elder, associate pastor, Dr. Jim McGowan. And Brother Jim, we've got an aggressive uh, prophecy update uh, for today. Amen. If you look at the screen, here's our four-point outline that we're going to try to work our way through, and we're going to begin where um, really God begins. Uh, The nation of Israel is the centerpiece of all divine activity, particularly in the end times, and let's start with our first category here, the world against Israel. Notice what the prophet Zechariah said about the end times concerning Israel in Zechariah 12 and verse
1: 3. All right, reading from the New American Standard 95 update, Zechariah 12:3, It will come about in that day that I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all the peoples. All who lift it will be severely injured and all the nations of the earth will be gathered against it.
0: So it's a remarkable prophecy that every nation on planet Earth would be gathered against the reborn city of Jerusalem in the last days. Zechariah, a couple chapters later, made a similar prediction in Zechariah 14 and
1: verse 2. Zechariah 14, 2. For I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city will be captured, the houses plundered, the women ravished, and half of the city exiled. But the rest of the people will not be cut off from the city. So all the nations against
0: Jerusalem. And if people are looking for a pictorial representation of those prophecies given 2,500 years ago, look no further than this map. Mm -hmm. Um, You see Israel there with the arrow drawn to it. It's a little red dot. It's about the size of New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And surrounding Israel is green areas, which represent uh, Islamic theocracies threatening to drive tiny Israel into the Mediterranean Sea. And that is really um, the outworking of or stage setting, I should say, for Zechariah's prophecies that are destined to be fulfilled. In the end times. Now, something very interesting happened last Sunday, Brother Jim. uh, We celebrated Israel's 75th anniversary as a modern-day nation. Uh, Israel declared her independence May the 14th, 1948. She did everything legally by UN partition Mm -hmm. and United Nations resolution. And uh, she's immediately attacked on all sides. And nobody thought the Israel experiment would last very long. And here she is 75 years later. Not only is she still in her land, but her territory has actually increased. Yes. And she's actually become very, very wealthy right on schedule, according to uh, God's word. Amen. But the United Nations, the modern United Nations, didn't see it that way. And they decided to host an event not commemorating Israel's miraculous birth as the miracle on the Mediterranean, <laughs> but as a day of catastrophe. Yes. And so here's this article from the Jewish News Service and it's or the Jerusalem News Service rather. It says more than 45 countries boycott UN Nakba Day. Nakba means a catastrophe. Mm. Palestinian knockback day pushes an odious narrative that promotes more conflict, not peace. And this is an article by Mike, uh, if I'm pronouncing this right, uh, Wagenheim,
1: May the 15th, 2023. What does that article say? In a seemingly never-ending war of narratives, the Palestinians got center stage on Monday at the United Nations. May 15th marked the first official UN Nakba Day per a resolution that the UN General Assembly passed in December. In Arabic, the word means disaster or catastrophe in relation to the establishment of modern-day Israel on May 14, 1948. The ceremonies took place Monday morning at the United Nations. Palestinian Authority leader Mahmoud Abbas assailed the United States and the United Kingdom in his speech, claiming that the two bear responsibility for the current Palestinian condition by establishing Israel for their own political goals, victimizing the Palestinian people. Abbas insisted that the United Nations suspend Israel if it does not grant Palestinians a state and demanded the so-called right of return for millions of refugees' descendants. He claimed falsely that Israel agreed to this provision in 1947 in order to be accepted as a UN member state. Gilad Erdan, Israeli ambassador to the United Nations, sent a letter to colleagues on Sunday urging them not to take part in Nakba Day ceremonies. The thought that an international organization could mark the establishment of one of its member states as a catastrophe or disaster is both appalling and repulsive, he wrote. (laughs) Erdogan warned that attending one-sided initiatives such as Nakba Day event gives a green light to 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 the Palestinians to continue exploiting international organs to promote their libelous narrative. It also contributes to Jew hatred, he said, shameful that the United Nations is for the first time marking a country's birthday, the 75th birthday of the world's only Jewish state, Israel, endorsed by the UN in 1947 by calling it a catastrophe. B'nai B'rith International tweeted on Monday, Palestinian Nakba Day pushes an odious narrative that promotes more conflict, not peace. See, what we, saw, we see as a miracle, the United
0: Nations gets together and calls it a catastrophe. Yes. Now fortunately Israel was successful in convincing a minority of the world's nations not to participate in this UN event yeah. but very very sadly the majority did and mm-hmm. that's the outworking of Zechariah's prophecies wow. that the The world in the end times will hate Israel. And part of the reasoning as to why they had this catastrophe day is Israel went in and displaced the Palestinians Mm -hmm. in 1948. Um, Notice this quote here by Richard Booker, page 81 in his book, Christians, Jews, and Israel. He says something very important.
1: All right, quoting, the truth is there have never been a distinct people called Palestinians. There has never been a sovereign land called Palestine. Jerusalem has never in history been the capital of any Arab or Palestinian state. There is no Palestinian language or culture because there is no Palestinian people. It is a myth created after the Jews liberated Jerusalem in 1967.
0: See, the whole world thinks Israel displaced the Palestinians in 1948. But the truth of the matter is, where's the Palestinian uh, currency? Where's the Palestinian historical leadership? Where's the Palestinian archaeology? Where's the Palestinian uh, uh, culture, etc.? The whole thing mm-hmm. is a myth. It's one yes. of what we call the myths of the Middle East. It's a propaganda war Absolutely. Uh, designed to kind of rally world sentiment against the nation of Israel. Yeah. But that was the basis for this so-called day of uh, catastrophe now this article is interesting because it mentions narrative war Mm -hmm. this is a battle of whose narrative is going to control because whoever controls the narrative controls ultimately the political outcome yes and very very sadly brother jim i'm here to tell you that this narrative war has seeped into evangelical christianity through something called christian palestinianism In fact, here's a picture of Jesus allegedly wearing the um, Palestinian garb. Mm. And so a lot of people, uh, particularly if you go visit Bethlehem, which is controlled by the Palestinian authority, um, they will hit you with all of this propaganda. Um, And so Dr. Paul Wilkinson has done just a marvelous job laying out what Christian Palestinianism
1: is. Notice his quote from Dr. Paul Wilkinson. All right, quoting, Christian Palestinianism is an inverted mirror image of Christian Zionism. All the basic elements of Christian Zionist eschatology are reversed so that the Bible is seen to be Christian, not Jewish. The land of the Bible is Palestine, not Israel. The Son of God is a Palestinian, not a Jew. The Holocaust is resented, not remembered. 1948 is a catastrophe, not a miracle. The Jewish people are illegal occupiers, not rightful owners. And biblical prophecy is a moral manifesto and not a signpost to the second coming. Despite enlisting support from the theological community and seeking validation through academia, the overriding thrust of Christian Palestinianism is political not biblical. So what is
0: Christian Palestinianism? It's the mere image opposite of Christian Zionism. I took the liberty of taking Dr. Paul Wilkinson's thoughts there and organizing them into a chart just Mm. so people can see the narrative war that's going on. Um, How does a Christian Zionist look at the Bible? It's a Jewish document, Uh, Romans 3 verse 2. Uh, of course, Christian Palestinian looks at the Bible as a Christian document. Uh-huh. The land, Christian Zionism, defines the land as the land of Israel. Christian Palestinianism defines that land, of course, as Palestine. Uh, according to Christian Zionism, Jesus was Jewish. According to Christian Palestinianism, Jesus was Palestinian. What do you do with the Holocaust? <clears throat> Christian Zionism says, let's remember it. hmm Christian Zionism, uh, Christian Palestinianism, rather says, let's resent it, mm-hmm. because that's what gave the world sympathy for the Jews to have their own homeland. Yes, May the Fourteenth, nineteen forty-eight, according to Christian Zionism, which is what we represent, was a miracle. According to Christian Palestinianism, it was a catastrophe. According to Christian Zionism, the Jewish Uh, The Jewish people in the land are the rightful owners. According to Christian Palestinianism, they are illegal occupiers. Bible prophecy, according to Christian Zionism, is a signpost for the second coming. Christian Palestinianism knows nothing about that. They think Bible prophecy is just some kind of moral manifesto. What's the general thrust of Christian Zionism? It's biblical. That's why we advance Christian Zionism here. What's the general thrust of Christian Palestinianism? It's not about being biblical. It's about being political. Yes. And either dividing or ultimately eradicating the Jewish state. Very, very sadly, this narrative has seeped into
1: evangelical churches. Notice this quote from uh, Lynn Heibels. All right, quoting. It is true I am not a Christian Zionist. I do not hold to a theology asserting that the modern state of Israel represents a divinely mandated return of ancient Israel to the promised land. At the same time, I wholeheartedly support justice for the Palestinians. See, this is a narrative war. Wow. And
0: very, very sadly, the uh, Palestinian mindset... As represented by a boss, has constructed a theology designed to shift evangelical Christianity away from Zionism yes. into Christian Palestinianism. You see, Lynn Hybels has swallowed the narrative, you know, mm. hook, line, uh, and sinker. Uh, so, how would we understand the rebirth of Israel, 1948? We would see it as a miracle. Absolutely, the Christian Palestinianist doesn't see it that way. They see it as something natural caused by man himself. And notice what uh, Tony Campolo says
1: of the nation of Israel. All right, quoting, a little nation that has survived primarily because of the wealth and the war materials supplied by the U.S. government. Now that's Tony Campolo,
0: a social justice warrior today, Mm. saying the modern state of Israel is not miraculous at all. Um, It just got by with the United States' help. You know the same kind of things a boss is advancing at the United Nations in this uh, day of uh, catastrophe, as they call it. And so, um, as the world politically turns against Israel, as evangelicalism swallows a false narrative, it too will turn against Israel, is turning against Israel, and that's actually a fulfillment of Bible prophecy itself. The Lord is setting the stage for the great turning of the nations in the world against the modern state of Israel. And I would say this, Brother Jim, if if folks out there are sitting in a church last Sunday, May the 14th, Mm -hmm. that mentioned Mother's Day, rightfully so, yeah, Mother's Day obviously should be acknowledged, but failed to mention Israel's 75th birthday. You're probably sitting in a church that has been either knowingly or unknowingly subverted by the Christian Palestinian narrative. Very possible. Uh, what would you say? No, I, I would
1: agree. Very possible.
0: All right. Well, so with all of that being said, let's move to our next major category. And it has to do with Mark of the Beast technology. That continues to advance. And yes, of course, our biblical jumping off point here is Revelation
1: thirteen sixteen through 18. All right, Revelation thirteen sixteen through 18. And he causes all, the small and the great, and the rich and the poor, and the free men and the slaves, to be given a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. And he provides that no one will be able to buy or to sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. For the number is that of a man, and his number is 666.
0: Now it's interesting how technology is always moving us <laughs> towards this end, end or end game. Yes. Technology is never going the opposite direction. No. And I believe hmm. that many places um, in our country, in our world, are basically beta testing. They're rolling it out to see how it's going to be accepted and uh, adopted. Look no further than Disney. (laughs) Um, All you got to do is visit Disney. And, boy, they have Tomorrowland at Disney. I mean, Disney is literally Tomorrowland because it's showcasing through cashless technology and all these kinds of things the direction that they want to push the world in. Mm -hmm. It's what you call beta testing. And they're doing the exact same thing at Amazon. If you want to know where the world is headed, uh, the technology that they're pushing, look at Amazon and that's why i found this particular article by josh davis from southwest radio church very interesting may the 16th 2023 it's entitled
1: amazon and the antichrist mm-hmm. yeah and before i read that let me just tell you how i feel about this folks sometimes i really wonder if these people are going to the bible and intentionally trying to fulfill prophecy exactly. keep that in mind as i read this article yeah add this to the growing list of signs of the times pay with your palm Amazon.com recently rolled out a pilot program at two Panera Bread locations in Greater St. Louis. They look to expand this pilot program to about 20 stores as they test this new payment option. Amazon is also testing it in a few Whole Foods locations in California. Amazon.com calls it Palm Paying Option Amazon One. How does this system work? A unit about the size of a retail card reader uses contactless biometric technology to scan the palm of your hand to collect your payment and connect you with your rewards. Amazon marketers are selling it, uh, its added convenience with messaging like, here we go, no more wallets needed. Mm. All you need is yourself. Your unique palm cannot be used by anyone else. They also tout a truly contactless payment option. Just hold your hand over the scanner and you are done. How do they connect your palm to your bank account? You have to sign up using your Amazon account and then visit a location that has the Amazon One payment option to finish enrolling uh, in person by scanning your palm. Once the system has registered your palm scan, You can use the Palm Scanner wherever it is available. What is Amazon's long-term goal with this system? According to the official website for this venture, one.amazon.com, quoting, our goal is to unlock your world by giving you the freedom to pay, enter, and identify with nothing but your Palm. Do you see how this goes far beyond another payment option at retailers? If you want to enter certain places, you must scan your palm. If you are asked to verify your identity, you must scan your palm. Amazon's palm pay technology requires no surgery or expensive medical devices, yet it carries out the same purpose as the chip technology. Amazon is not alone in developing biometric payment systems. J.P. Morgan Payments is beginning a pilot program to test palm and facial recognition payment systems.
0: And we'll just, for the sake of time, stop you there. I hope people read the rest of this article because yes. Amazon is not alone in doing this. No. And the article talks about how this, all this convenient, it's sold to us through convenience. Yep is actually going to result in a deterioration of personal freedoms. Yes, you, indeed. You, you leave cash out and personal freedom uh, very and privacy, for that matter, yeah. very quickly disappears. That's right. We have um, a, another article along those same lines from Harbinger's Daily, this one by Hal Lindsey. May the 15th, 2023. It's entitled Forerunner of the Mark. The EU is set to
1: roll out a digital identity wallet in 2024. All right. The European Union says its digital identity wallet will go into use next year. It's no accident that this forerunner to the Mark of the Beast will begin in Europe, the Antichrist's home turf. In an article sponsored by the global digital security firm Entrust, Wired Magazine called the Digital Identity Wallet the most ambitious rollout yet of a comprehensive digital ID system, combining security compliance and privacy safeguards for the EU's 447 million citizens. Romana Djurkovic represents Croatia in the EU parliament. A member of the Progressive Alliance of Socialists and Democrats, she said, "...with the European digital identity framework, we want the EU to become the first global region with a governance framework for trusted digital identities." The digital wallet will become a reliable, all-in-one identity gateway that puts citizens in full control of their own data and gives them the freedom to decide exactly what information to share, with whom, and when. Putting the citizen in charge of his or her own data sounds great, but this initiative is not about privacy. It's about government control. According to the EU Parliament, quoting, the new digital identity framework would provide EU citizens with digital access to key public services across EU borders. In other words, the EU wants to create universal reliance on its new digital ID app, MEP, quoted above, went on to say, from social, financial, medical, and professional data, to contacts, and much more. It will make it possible to store personal credentials within a single digital ID. Digital identity is no longer just a nice-to-have feature. (laughs) This will put Europeans' entire digital lives in the pocket of the central government. It gives the EU easy access to its citizens' data to use as the government sees fit. Financial records? Check. (laughs) Social media? Check. Medical data? Check. Job-related data? Check. In a piecemeal fashion, these things are already available to law enforcement if it can show just cause for suspecting a crime. And just for the sake of
0: time, again, I'll interrupt you there. But, you know, it's interesting that this is arising in Europe... We believe that the New World Order is going to arise out of the cultural inheritance of ancient Rome. And again, the digital wallet is advertised as convenience, but it puts the government really in control of your whole life, Mm -hmm. whether it be finances, bank account, health care, job security, right on down the line. And I really appreciated how the author ended this particular piece. The last sentence is... The EU wallet is not the mark of the beast, but it's another big step in that direction. Absolutely. And that's how we view these things. Yeah. We don't see the mark of the beast system as functioning now, but we're certainly technologically you know, moving in that direction. Yes, we are. You know, by the time the Antichrist shows up, all he has to do is turn on the ignition because the entire structure... You know, will have already been will have already been built. Um, <laughs> the frog will have been boiled. Absolutely. Yep. And with that being said, mm. let's go to our next category here. This is our third category, global Orwellianism. Mm. Notice the book of Daniel, chapter seven, and verse twenty-three. Notice what that says.
1: Daniel seven twenty-three. Thus he said, The fourth beast will be a fourth kingdom on the earth, which will be different from all the other kingdoms. And will devour the whole earth and tread it down and crush it.
0: Now, this is very clearly, and we've said this many times, speaking of one world tyranny. Yes. The final form of Gentile rule, which will be in existence just before Jesus comes back. And that's where humanity is moving into. And let me tell you something about this new world order. It does not want you to have free access to information. Right. Uh, We're in the middle of a, I would call it a culture war. And you can't fight a war unless you have weapons. Mm -hmm. And you can't have weapons unless you have armaments and bullets and things of that nature to go into the weapons. And the weapons that people have today, in addition to our uh, armor in Ephesians 6, is they have to have information. Mm -hmm. If you don't have information, it's like going out to fight a battle and you're unarmed, and that's why the whole name of the game for the New World Order is to shut you out of information. Right. And ever since 1988, um, the AM radio stations have been sort of a bastion for conservative talk radio. True. And so a lot of us get our perspectives on what's really happening in our country. <laughs> From AM radio. Well, that's the only place you get it. and That's like the only place you could get it. It's the home of conservative talk radio. That's right. And ever since uh, 1988, they've been trying to shut down uh, these AM stations. They've done it through different means. Like at one time they were trying something called the Fairness Doctrine. Yes. That was to no avail. They got also involved in the course of time over boycotting the Sponsors Mm -hmm. of conservative talk shows on the AM dial. That really hasn't worked. And very, very sadly, Brother Jim, it looks like they finally got something that is going to shut off AM radio altogether.
1: Very possible. And it has
0: to do with car manufacturers not putting AM radio into the cars for people to purchase. Can you believe that? And here's an article from Breitbart. It says they finally figured out how to attack conservative talk radio. Mark Levin, um, a conservative radio talk show host, criticizes automakers for dropping
1: AM radio. What does that article say? Well, before I read this, all I can say is maybe it's time to reintroduce portable transistor radios. There we go. Here we go, folks. (laughs) Major automakers are removing AM radios from their new models in a move that heralds the end of an era sparking outrage from listeners, station owners, and politicians alike who lament the potential loss of an iconic part of American culture and criticize the move as tone deaf. Mark Levin commented on the change saying, the automobile is essential to liberty, it's freedom. So the control of the automobile is about the control of your freedom. They finally figured out how to attack conservative talk radio, and let me just stop you right there that that last sentence is so significant. Really they is.
0: finally figured out a way how to attack or dare we say stop conservative talk radio and the article goes on and it says the a m dial you know has been a staple, going back to Ronald Reagan, mm-hmm. like it even mentions f d r here and um you know, to 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 suddenly create a car without an AM dial in it, you know, is antithetical to American culture, really, and American history. And so, essentially, what they're doing is, um, guess what? Uh, you can't listen to AM radio anymore in your car because we just designed a car without the AM dial. Yeah. And so, if that goes through, and these auto manufacturers move in this direction, the left has just won a major battle in the culture war by shutting people off from information. The truth of the matter is people don't have the time that we have Mm -hmm. to invest in, to research and, you know, read articles. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're stuck in their car and they have a brief moment, you know, to and from work, mm-hmm. to flip mm-hmm. on the AM dial just to figure out what is going on in this country yeah. in terms of the culture war. And now even that is about to be taken away from them. Yeah. What, what were you going to add?
1: Well, the only thing I would add here in this article, it, it, they have a a uh, what I would call a, a false. Uh, a reason for doing this. They're saying that the reason they're doing this is because, oh my goodness, these, these AM, ra- AM radios suffer from interference issues in these cars that are electric. Yeah. Well, you mean to tell me you can create the technology to have an electric vehicle, but you can't provide shielding for the AM radio to be able to work? Yeah, yeah. This is bogus.
0: And these, these are the same globalists that all want us in these electric cars. Well, Exactly. <laughs> so we want you in an electric car, and we don't, want you to, we don't want you to have freedom of thought and freedom of information. And so this is the type of world that we're <laughs> yeah. currently living in. Have I got a car for you yeah. won't have a
1: radio, my friend? <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness.
0: And so with that being said, let's go to our fourth area here. And it has to do with uh, persecution.
1: I feel persecuted.
0: We know that there's a global persecution Amen. coming against God's people in the end times. That's right. Notice, if you will,
1: Revelation chapter 17, verse 6. All right, Revelation seventeen six, And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the witnesses of Jesus. When I saw her, I wondered greatly.
0: And if you don't mind reading verse 15 also. And verse
1: 15. And he said to me, the waters which you saw where the, where the harlot sits are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. So that last verse, universal
0: influence, yes. global religion, the harlot, but it clearly says what this harlot one world religion is doing. It's drunk with the blood of the saints. Yeah. So so this, among many other passages, predict a global persecution against God's people right. in the end times. Notice this chart here. It's got the tribulation judgments. And I'm focused here on uh, seal judgment number five. You'll notice this particular list here. It's called the first six seal judgments and you look at seal judgment number five which is described in revelation 6 verses 9 through 11 we'll read those verses in just a minute massive martyrdoms yeah and then when you look at this chart here it's got the matthew 24 and revelation 6 parallels the fifth seal judgment equals we believe the fifth birth pang Mm -hmm. described in the olivet discourse and so what does
1: matthew chapter 24 verse 9 say Matthew 24, 9, then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. And what does the parallel passage in Revelation 6, verse 9 say? Revelation 6, 9, when the lamb broke the fifth seal... I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and because of the testimony which they had maintained. So people ask me a
0: lot, they say, do you think the church is going to experience persecution in the end times? And I would say that the church globally is already under persecution. Mm -hmm. The issue for those of us in the West is how fast and how quick... It's ultimately going to come to the United States uh, of America. And I think the framework for this type of global persecution is already being laid today as we speak. Notice this argument from LifeNews.com. And it enti- it's entitled, Documents show the Biden administration considers pro-life moms, pro-life moms, potential domestic
1: Terrorists Help us with that article. New documents uncovered by America First Legal suggest the Biden administration considers middle-aged pro-life mothers to be potential domestic terrorists because they oppose killing unborn babies in abortions. The documents from the U.S. Department of Homeland Security include information about a proposed choose-your-own-adventure training program that portrays a middle-aged pro-life mother as a radicalization suspect who should be watched out for. Reed D. Rubenstein, senior counselor at America First Legal, which obtained the documents through a Freedom of Information Act request, described the contents as alarming. He said it appears the security department is not just investigating suspicious unattended suitcases at the airport anymore. Now, it's being used to attack people whose political views are different from the current presidential administrations. Quoting, The Department of Homeland Security's transformation into a domestic intelligence organization and a Stasi-like deep state internal security apparatus is alarming. Rumison said the department is profiling patriotic and politically conservative Americans as abusive parents and domestic terrorists because they oppose abortion on demand and voted for former President Trump. The agency is out of control. A document from the Office of Terrorism and Violence Prevention outlines a proposed training program with choose-your-own-adventure-type scenarios in which users identify the potential Mm -hmm. radicalization of others in real-life situations. The document is dated January 29, 2021, a week after President Joe Biden took office. One scenario involves a middle-aged Pro life mother named Ann, who the Biden administration describes as a radicalization suspect. This is Ann, a resident of Elkville in rural America, the program outline states. Ann has always been religious, but since the death of her mother, she's become increasingly devout. She's a regular in the small town community active in several church groups. While she has always been protective of her four kids, she has become increasingly more concerned about the welfare of other children, including the unborn. Let me pause there for a second. Mm-hmm. You'll miss this. They mentioned including the unborn, but they mention them as being children. Mm, whoops! Guess what they always say? <laughs> They're not children. Well, they just said they were. The program outline says participants choose from three bystander roles that take them through difficult choices that approximate real-life decisions at the end of each scene. Okay, well, stopping you right there, I mean, what
0: everybody is talking about is the Durham report, which was just released, and I think that report makes it obvious that the FBI was weaponized um, against uh, Donald Trump, the Russia collusion, conspiracy alleged was made up, uh, as was the, um, well, they were spying on his campaign before Mm -hmm. he became president. We all know that they raided, you know, his home uh, there in Mar-a-Lago. I mean, you've got the ideological weaponizing of America's most trusted law enforcement federal agencies. Well, In the midst of all of that chatter that everybody's talking about, now you have this information which says, you know what, they've been weaponizing these agencies against pro-life moms. That's right. Trying to.
1: That's right. Imagine
0: that. Trying to categorize them as domestic terrorists. And interestingly, it says this document is j- dated January the 29th, a week after President Joe Biden took office. So this is a policy that went into existence immediately. Right away. Once the uh, Biden regime, as I will call it, mm-hmm. uh, took power in this country. And they're doing the same thing with moms and parents protesting critical race theory mm-hmm. and uh, LGBTQ yep. agenda. And... Uh, mandatory transitioning of their own children, sometimes mutilating their bodies without parental consent. So you have all of these parents that, that are, were, and continue to show up at school board meetings, and they're calling them domestic terrorists. That's right. And I want people to understand why they keep using this expression, domestic terrorists, against their political and ideological and spiritual enemies. This is very important to understand. Once you get someone categorized as a domestic terrorist... Yeah. They're no longer under the auspices or the jurisdiction of the normal criminal justice system, which has uh, constitutional protection designed to protect the accused from being treated wrongly. Right. Well, the reason you're no longer under that system is now you're under the Patriot Act. That's right. (laughs) Where the normal constitutional um, restraints against government don't apply anymore. Yeah. Just just ask the J6 protesters. I was just going to
1: say that. <laughs> Absolutely right. Many
0: of whom are still languishing away, yep. not given a fair trial, not given a speedy trial, not yep. given an opportunity to confront their witnesses. Why is that? Because they're under the Patriot Act, not yep. the criminal justice system. So that's why they keep using this expression, domestic terrorists, right. you know, over and over again. And here you see our own government is targeting pro-life moms. Unbelievable trying to advance a narrative where these pro-life moms are actually
1: domestic terrorists yeah. would you add something? it's just the beginning it's going to it's going to transition from that to gender issues just wait it's just going to continue to snowball
0: yeah and that's why we argue that this is stage setting for the tribulation period that's right because this type of worldwide persecution can't happen in a vacuum the mm-hmm. stage has to be set And even here in the late great United States of America, you see this um, agenda and narrative advancing. Speaking of which, uh, notice this article concerning the state of Minnesota. This is absolutely unbelievable. (laughs) This one from LifeSite News, it says, Minnesota Democrats push government bias registry. (laughs) In other words, what you say goes into a registry, what you tweet goes into a registry to do what to track conservative speech. So if you say that the pandemic is a Chinese bioweapon, that could get your name advanced into this registry, could get you on a proposed government speech registry in minnesota you say anything critical of the lgbtqu
1: agenda your 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 name and your statements go into this registry how, how is this any different than <laughs> nazi germany and communist china where they they get their neighbors to report on each other yes isn't
0: this the same thing yeah hey so and so has a sign up in front of their house that looks kind of patriotic and conservative we better yeah better report them. I think the big difference, though, between Nazi Germany and today is technology. Well, yes. They now have the technology to keep track of all of these statements, particularly when we post political messages.
1: Yeah. But help us with that article. All right. Minnesota residents may soon end up on a government database if they discuss the origins of COVID-19 or, quote, Bible verses that criticize homosexuality. Bible verses. Minnesota's Democrat-controlled legislature last month approved a bill that requires the State Department of Human Rights to collect allegations of perceived discrimination or microaggressions in a new bias registry. The proposal would allow people to submit reports of alleged slurs or verbal attacks and similar incidents even if they do not constitute crimes according to the St. Cloud Times. Democrat, Democratic lawmakers introduced legislation to create a bias registry in January. Uh, let's see, this is, what does that stand for? Senate File 2909 allocates $934,000 to the Minnesota Department of Human Rights to gather analyze and report on discrimination and hate incidents throughout Minnesota over the next two years. It specifically requires the department to solicit Receive and compile information from community organizations, school districts, and charter schools, and individuals regarding incidents committed in whole or in substantial part because of the victim's or another's actual or perceived race, color, ethnicity, religion, sex gender, sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression, age, national origin, or disability. The bill does not explicitly prevent collecting names of reported offenders, and it notably includes sexual orientation and gender identity and gender expression as protected classes, meaning that opposition to LGBT ideology could land someone on the registry. At a hearing about the measure in January, Minnesota Human Rights Commissioner Rebecca Lucero said that the database would ensure that little incidents like perceived (laughs) derogatory comments are documented and tracked by the government. She cited the hypothetical example of someone yelling a slur at a person on the side of the road while driving. For many incidents which may not be criminal, she said, there is no coordinated, consistent tracking, reporting, analysis, and recommendations for next steps, Lucero lamented. So, under this bill, if someone gets their feelings hurt, it generates an instant report with the State Department of Human Rights. Minnesota Republican uh, Representative Walter Hudson tweeted in response, And Hudson blasted the initiative as a way to manufacture legitimacy around the narrative of hate as a growing problem and lobby further government action. We should not be policing, tracking, or documenting speech, he said. Under Senate File 2909, so-called bias incidents could include everything from arguing that COVID-19 is a bioweapon to wearing a, sh- a shirt supporting Harry Potter author uh, J.K. Rowling, according to one of the bill authors.
0: Yeah, just stopping you for right. a minute there. You know, if you argue that what we experienced actually came from 20, 2020 to 2022, actually came out of the a Wuhan high-level lab, Um, in China you can't talk about that you even talk about something like that your name and your statements go into a registry but that's the general consensus (laughs) that's right what they're saying is certain subjects are off the table yeah you can't discuss them anymore now you know Harry Potter I guess J.K. Rowling has come out with some statements against the transgender movement yeah so if you're wearing a Harry Potter shirt your name goes into a registry it offends me. Uh, and any type of criticism against the LGBTQ, etc., uh, goes into this uh, registry. See, this is happening in a blue state, Minnesota. Yep. And these, this is what happens when libs get control of something. That's right. You start to see these experiments that start to limit, obviously, for the purpose of ultimately punishing. Mm-hmm. and criminalizing certain forms of uh, of speech. It's kind of interesting. What if somebody says something against Jesus? Or, or, I didn't see that in the no, document, I didn't see either. Some kind of anti-Christian statement. Does their name go into the what? registry? No. no. This is just to get conservative thought
1: completely off the table. This is all about res- removing all restrictions to the sin nature. Yeah, you got that right. And
0: um, you'll notice that in this article and the prior article we read about the pro-life moms, the the people in this country that are really causing trouble, domestic terrorists, like, for example, the assassin that showed up at Brett Kavanaugh's home right. with the intent mm-hmm. to assassinate him yeah. and the means to do it. Um, w- people like Jane's Revenge, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. have gone around and basically destroyed... Uh, Crisis pregnancy centers. I mean, the people that are actually causing the mayhem in this country, um, they're not targeted. They're targeting only one group of people, Christian, conservative, constitutional, political activist types, you know, like ourselves. And um, uh, this is uh, horrifying what's happening. It is. Uh, But this is what I believe setting the stage for the global persecution of the end times. I mean, I mean, what the rest of the world has experienced is now coming into the borders of the United States of America. This what, is, boor- what borders? Yeah, they're a good point. And this is why folks elections have uh, consequences. Like, exactly. You go in a bluish direction and these are the types of experiments that will show up in New York, yep. California, Minnesota, Et cetera, etc. Mm. Wow. so with all of that being said, we uh, hope people have uh, mm. enjoyed at least to some degree, um, our walkthrough in this prophecy update, we've dealt with the world against Israel, dealt a little bit with uh, the advancements in mark of the beast technology. We've talked a little bit about global Orwellianism is attacking everything right down to the AM dial in your car. And how these databases are, are being set up uh, mm. to persecute God's people, yep. um, including labeling God's people as domestic terrorists to get yep. them tried in a judicial system where the Constitution is not going to protect
1: them. So all right. with all that being said, Brother Jim, do we have any good news? Well, thank God for the Bible. <laughs> Titus 2.13, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. There is hope. So the hope is before the wrath of God hits planet Earth. And it's coming. And
0: it's coming. (laughs) The church is going to be rescued from the earth by Jesus Christ himself. And, you know, prior to the rapture, we may go through some deep waters. That's true. But the truth of the matter is the Lord said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. That's right. Um, You see that in Hebrews 13. I think it's around verse five. Yep. Right in there. Matthew chapter uh, 28 Around verse 20, you have the promises of God that he's going to be with you no matter what happens. Yes. But when God's wrath comes, which will happen, we believe, with the opening of the first seal judgment at the beginning of the tribulation period, yeah. we will not be here or candidates for that. Thank God. And if people don't know Jesus personally, we would just invite people, even as we're speaking, to place their personal faith in Jesus yes and be tied into this rapture promise Amen. and even before the rapture have Jesus living in you via the Holy Spirit who will help you through the exigencies and the trials and the difficulties of life so you're not walking through these things by yourself and of course uh, the gospel is Jesus did everything Amen. on the cross for us 2,000 years That's ago right. he said it is finished and we are to trust in him Rather than in ourselves. That's right. And uh, as we do that, we have the opportunity to be tied into the promises of God. Just a couple of things by way of infomercials. We've got a prophecy conference coming up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that I'm one of the speakers at. It's going to be May the 26th and the 27th of 2023. It looks like a great lineup. It's dealing with the winds of change. And mm. so I would call people's attention to that. Yes. Um, we really want to get people introduced to our app because the day may come where we may get censored from various platforms. Mm-hmm. And so we're stockpiling, if we can use that. Uh, analogy, all of our teachings onto this app. So
1: casting our bread upon the waters. Yes, brother. all of
0: very good. All <laughs> of the uh, verse by recent verse by verse teachings that we do here at Sugarland Bible Church are now on this app. All of our pastors' points of view are on yes. this app. Praise the Lord. You can also catch our stuff on Rumble. Just type in Andy Woods Ministries into Rumble, and mm-hmm. you should be able to find it there. Um, beyond that, we have all of our uh recent pastors points of view available on podcast format yes and so um just go to wherever it is you get your podcast type in my name or andy woods ministries and it should come right up and so if you want this presentation in podcast format we have it available there I would also, you know, Brother Jim, we, we have these lengthy show notes that we read from. Yes. And as you can testify, we didn't even, we're able, hardly able to scratch the surface in terms of total content. No, you want to get
1: the show notes today.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, we couldn't cover everything in terms of the content of each article. We tried to cover each article, but yes. we couldn't read everything. But there's some great uh, insights into these articles. Just go to andywoodsministries.org on the homepage there. There's a conspicuous way to sign up for the show notes. So every time we post a pastor's point of view, um, it will be uh, uh, these show notes rather will show up in your in your inbox. Um, I am the president of a school called Chafer Theological Seminary, where we're trying to equip uh, the future pulpiteers Mm. (laughs) and Bible teachers of America. And the world. So if you want some training in theology, the original languages of scripture, exegesis, homiletics, hermeneutics, all of those sort of advanced seminary type words, we would encourage you to check out Chafer Theological Seminary. Go to www.chafer.edu. And you know, Brother Jim, one of the perks of this job is people send us all kinds of shirts. Are there perks? All right. Well, here. I would consider Let's this, see this a perk. And so people send us these awesome shirts. Here, Here is this particular one. Let me read it I first like before I set it up for you. It says, Noah was a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> and then it rained. And then it <laughs> rained. Luke. 17 oh verse 26. This was sent to me even in my right size. Wow. Which is a big, big number. I'm I'm ashamed, I'm ashamed <laughs> to say. So thank you so much, you guys, for sending this, these, these kinds of shirts. And let me show you one other one. This one will catch your eye because we're in sort of a, a culture where everybody's talking about UFOs. No, that's true. And so if you want to wear a shirt, that's kind of a conversation starter about UFOs. Um, you might want to get your hands on this one. Might get you on that bias. The registry. the first, the, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Um, the front of it says aliens didn't take us, and the back of it says it's got a picture of Jesus saying I did, yeah. and it's got First Thessalonians four sixteen yeah. through seventeen. So here's the front Amen. part of it. Aliens like didn't take us, <laughs> and then you look at the back part of it, and Jesus says I did. There's a slide on the screen that shows you this shirt and of the latter shirt, this particular person um, is making them available to whoever wants them. Wow. They were very clear in their correspondence with me that they felt this was something the Lord was calling them to do. They're not trying to make any money off this. Uh, they're selling these shirts for cost. And so if you go to sealed in Christ.com, can we put that up one more time? The the There's link it. there is at yeah. the bottom sealed in christ.com you can get this shirt and you know what this may be an explanation for people before the rapture but after the rapture happens maybe it'll be some kind of explanation for people after the rapture concerning where did all where did everybody go wow uh, where did all of these uh, missing people uh, eventually go to so those are just some neat things and we thank you for sending those things um our direction. Amen. Brother Jim, do you got any closing comments or thoughts for us? We've got about four minutes left. God
1: is so good. <laughs> and trust him. If you don't know him as your Lord and savior, we mentioned that today's the day of salvation. Don't put it off. God has wonderful things for you.
0: And uh, since we've got a few minutes remaining, which never happens, <laughs> well, as clearly as you know how, just in in three minutes and 30 seconds, can you lay <laughs> out the gospel for people?
1: Well, it's really not that difficult. Uh, basically the bottom line is this, is that every person born to the human race has inherited a sin nature from our original parents and because of that sin nature we're at enmity with god and the wrath of god abides on us but fortunately god loves us so much that he wouldn't leave us in our sin and he's made a provision for us whereby we can be made a member of his family and that comes through placing your faith trust confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ for the safekeeping of your soul. It's so simple that people miss it. They try to make it difficult. It doesn't require giving money. doesn't require going to the church. doesn't require getting baptism, although baptism is a good thing to do. Uh, it's all about what Jesus did. pastor said that earlier, that Jesus said it was enough. It is finished on the cross. So trust him for his finished work and you will instantaneously be transported from your, from your sinful lifestyle, if I can say it that way, into being a child of God with a new nature and the enabling power of the Holy Spirit to live for Jesus. And then you too become a candidate, well actually more than a candidate, you become a participator in this problem that we read about in Titus there, the blessed hope when the Lord Jesus returns and you get to go with him to heaven
0: very good well thank you for uh watching pastor's point of view thank you for sharing this we believe that sharing is caring yes and uh as we like to say the world is not falling apart but things are falling into place right. as the late adrian rogers said things are growing gloriously dark but the best is yet to come Amen. we are right on schedule and we're going to be back with you next week with another pastor's point of view we love you we pray for you Would you do us a big favor and pray for us as well? Yes. God bless you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for watching and listening.